What's happening, RSL Nation? It's your boys Adele and The Baker with another podcast of Scarf Life. How's that? Is that Dude. better than our intro music that we had? No. Pre-COVID. This this is unacceptable. Like I understand that we are dealing with, you know, all that is 2020, but the sound quality of this podcast used to. It didn't stand for much, but it stood for something. And uh, it's not good, buddy. It's not good. You you can't brush off like, oh, everything that's 2020. There's a worldwide pandemic out there, man. It's people, people are not doing well. The world is not doing well. I feel like our podcast or the quality of the sound should reflect that. It's just my two cents. That's all I'm saying. It, it it reflects the times we live in. It's just just horrible sound quality. Well, when we look back on this mm-hmm. with shame, ten years from now, wow! I mean, ten I mean years. the whole the whole thing is what I'm saying. Okay. Like we 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 should uh we, we we should be able to tell like oh yeah that was 2020 right you know that was 2020. Yeah, I mean I can I can definitely tell all of the. Uh, I can tell the 2020 episodes. Let's let's leave it at that. Yeah, speaking of 2020, I mean, what what other year? In what other year do we lose? Well, never mind. Are we even gonna talk about the game? I, I mean, we we drastically improved Colorado's 2020. <laughs> so I mean, that's that. you know, 2020 because we can lose to Colorado. We have lost to Colorado before. We will lose to Colorado again. There's a difference between losing and what just happened. Yeah, man. Yeah, that that was uh that's what we in the business call a whooping. You know how bad the whooping was? Let me let me tell the nation real quick. Okay. I had some private uh responsibilities to take care of, therefore I was not going to be able to watch much of the game. I was going to be able to make it back in time for the maybe if I had rushed 20 minutes, last 20 minutes or so. So what I decided to do because I was driving is actually listen to it on the radio. Not sure when was the last time you listened to a game on the radio. It's I different. Mean, I'm not 80 years old, so never. <laughs> it's, it is different listening to it on the radio. And... I was driving right around halftime or just after halftime. I remember it being 2-0, and I'm thinking, it's Colorado. Just after the restart, we have come back from being one or two goals down against much, much better team teams on paper, right? Like, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be one of those awesome, I'll be back just in time to watch us score those last three goals or two goals to get that win at the end. You know what I mean? Definitely. Definitely those, those Colorado I'm- goals. And as I'm driving, I, I get through this dead area where there's no reception. So I have I cannot listen to it on the radio. Let me repeat that. On the radio. Mm-hmm. And I must have lost, I mean, right around the re-kick or kickoff of the second half. I was off the air for maybe 10 minutes. I don't know. felt like an eternity. But it must have been 10 minutes. Because <laughs> when the signal came back, it was 4-0. Right. That's when I said, you know what? Not worth speeding. I will probably not enjoy any of this. No. And uh, man, that is just 
I mean, talk about soul crushing. Yeah. It was soul crushing. Yeah. Did um so just a quick nation here, quick question here on behalf of the nation. Um did listening to the game remind you of FDR's fireside chats that you listened to as a young boy? <laughs> it it reminded me of uh Jesus uh expressing the Ten Commandments. Or was I, it amendments? I'm kidding, commandments. I mean, Just shut up, okay? I have listened okay. to a soccer game on the radio before. And by the way, stop acting like you didn't. I remember you and I listening to the game on our way to the stadium because we were late. Right. I mean, that's dire circumstances. Hey, man, got to have fun with it. Got to have fun with it after a, after a game like that. No, yeah. This, no, this game was no fun. Nothing about this game was fun. Don't Don't ever use that word with this game ever again. I mean... Some of the stuff at the end, I mean, at the end was kind of fun. It, it's it's good, to, you know, like, it, we'll we'll get to that part of it all. Um, Look, if you can't beat them on the field, you might as well beat them literally in some cases. So, you know, we'll take our wins where we, where we may. But I'll tell you one last thing about the score and the funniness of this score. I'm almost glad it happened. Like, if he had lost 1-0, 2-1, 3-2, you know... I'm like, oh, the team played okay. Even like a 2-0, even a 3-0. A 3-0 is not a whooping, right? 5-0 is a proper world-class kicking of the booty, if I may. I mean, it's an absolute ass whooping that we got. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure what wake up the call team, the, the, what wake up call the team needs, because what the hell are we gonna do right now? We don't even have an owner, right? We're not changing management. We're not changing managers. Let's face it, we're not changing out any players anytime soon. We don't. Again, we don't even have an ownership group yet. So, but maybe it's a kick to the ego for some of the guys to just say, "Hey guys, maybe there's a chance after all of this." A five-zero. If a five-zero does not leave you depleted. And your ego completely empty. I don't know what will. Anyways, what's your thought? Yeah, I mean, like everything you said is, you know, I, I think somebody posted somewhere, you know, as a like a fan posted, like I really hope that they recorded that Colorado celebrating, um, and just played it in the RSL locker room on loop, because like it it. It wasn't just that, you know, RSL got beaten, beat bad. It's that if you watch that game or in your case listen to that game, the team the better team genuinely won that game. Like like at no point could you make the argument that RSL was competitive. Like literally nowhere. Um which is really difficult to say. Like Colorado won every 50-50 challenge. They they you know, they they hustled, they had fight. Like they came out on the like literally the front foot from minute 1. And they just didn't turn it off until the final whistle. Um, like, you know, you as much as I hate those guys, like it, it's very clear that this was a very important game to them and one that they just refused to lose. Um, uh, uh, Lalas Abu Bakar, I think his name is, their uh, center back. The dude was everywhere. The man was on a personal mission to make sure RSL didn't score. Um, and then just some really sloppy play from RSL. I think some panic under pressure, like that team, I, I think, I think Colorado just drew up the blueprint for how to beat RSL. 
just press the fullbacks as hard as you can for the entire match, and they'll panic and they'll give the ball away. Um, and and yeah, man, like like Colorado deserved to win, and they deserve to win by five goals. Like it it hurts to say that out loud, but it's just the reality of it. You know what 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 leaves me dazed and confused? Because <clears throat> remember we talked about this last week, right after we beat the LAFC. Three was it three zero? I think right. Yeah, it was three zero. And I know you made the point; it's a depleted LAFC team, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It's still it was still a really really good performance. And even the previous, well, two out of the previous three performances, right, that they had really good results against some top teams, Seattle and Portland, right. There was we dropped that goose egg up in Minneapolis, but we always do that, right. Um. And then, then this happened, and we even said this last week. After beating LAFC 3-0 at home, not just beating them, but dominating them, right? It could have been, it easily could have been 5-0, 6-0 against LAFC. Could have also been 6-5, right, the way that game ended, where the, the game was played. <clears throat> and I think we mentioned right away in that podcast following it, Without a victory against Colorado the upcoming weekend, it's all for nothing. It was a point, not a pointless game. Three points are still three points. But outside of the three points, nothing positive can be taken out of that. If anything, it just showcases. Because think about this way. Portland, Seattle, both ties, incredible comebacks, right? Incredible fight. Then an absolute whooping at the hands of uh, Minnesota. Then a complete whooping of the LAFC. And then another whooping at the hands of Colorado. I mean, the only thing consistent with this team is inconsistency, at least over the last, well, hell, let's say it, uh, since the whole DLH thing, since the restart, basically. I would even go as far as to say ever since the playoff rounds of the MLS's back tournament, the Corona tournament. I have no idea what to expect from this team in the next game. I know we'll talk about the next game in a little bit, but I have no freaking clue. I, we could be in for 5-0 or a 0-5. Right. And it's a coin flip at this point. I know it's not going to be a 0-0. Right, right. It, it's, I mean, I think what you're describing is is really a, like you know that segment of three games it 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 harkens back to uh to what i think you and i have been talking about since the covid cup in orlando and that's the fact that rsl is is playing like what they are they're playing like a mid table team like yeah. we're going to have some really good games and we're going to have some really bad games and it it's you know, I, I mean, like you can't fault some of the guys. Like some of the stuff is that's going on with the club right now is really, you know, it, it'd be impossible not to be distracted. Um, but yeah, like like ultimately, are are the the points we ended up getting out of phase one were the points that you and I more or less said we would get. Um, the LAFC game was obviously a surprise, but then again, so was the Colorado and Minnesota games. You know, like. Yeah. Like there's no consistency, there's no form, there's no, you know, the, 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 there feels like there's nothing you can build on, and and I think some of it stems from the fact that you know it was a five zero, just beatdown, 
but then also some of it stems from that like we rolled out what we consider our you know one of our, our better lineup our top tier lineup um we had just as much rest as colorado did and you know like to me the difference between those two teams was very much mental like colorado came with like no more this stops today um so yeah five zero yeah it it was a brutal game um and and one that we will continue to dissect dissect here. So w- this this leads me to the next kind of talking point, and I want to make sure I get the get the timing correct here. So Colorado scores in the third minute. Um, seven minutes later, uh, Rubio scores again for his uh, brace. So two zero. The game. Um, picks back up second half sam vine scores shortly after kickoff i think somewhere around the like 50th minute mark if not earlier um then uh that uh galvan or galvan guy uh scores so four zero and then in true rocky mountain cup fashion the wheels come totally off uh douglas martinez ends up getting a red card and i've got it here in the 64th minute for violent conduct um so i mean basically it they it wasn't happening during like the the run of play it was var is what kind of got him and it it was the type of red card that just infuriates me as a fan um so your team's down 4-0, like things clearly aren't going well, and I understand that you're frustrated. But you also know at this point, like there should be no surprise that if you do something questionable, it will be seen. Like they'll catch it. They they that's they've got VAR. And uh it appears that that fact was lost on Douglas Martinez. Um you know, he as he is being passed, I believe it was by uh, Galvan, he ends up essentially reaching out and it, it's kind of hard to tell from the replay that they have for the public, but it, you can clearly see that he's kind of got his hands in, in the head region of the Colorado player. The Colorado player is claiming he was punched in the back of the head. Um, VAR looks at it straight red, obviously. Um, and at that point, RSL's playing down. 10 men really only a matter of time until the next goal by uh Cole Bassett for the final score of 5-0. That red card pissed me off. Well, I mean if you do the math, we were scored on if you look at goals per minute or minutes per goal ratio less after the red card than before the red card, right? 4 and 60 and then 1 and 30 if you look at it that way. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Like I said, I wasn't watching the game. Um, I did watch the replay. You do have to, uh, you have, yeah. You give the ref, uh, is it a red card? I don't know, honestly. No, it is. It, it definitely I don't is. know. I don't know. I might be a homer, but whatever. Um, but just the fact that you put yourself in the position for the referee to make that call, like you said, in that spot it's nothing but frustration what else could it be it's obvious frustration by that point you know you're not coming back right i mean but especially a player of his caliber a player of his stature meaning that he does still have to fight for a spot 
if I'm a player at this point, I'm trying to get every minute I possibly can on the field and stay on the field because new management is coming in. There's a chance a new coach comes with a new management group, right? Like you need to prove as much as you possibly can. So I hate to speak to this from a selfish perspective, but if I'm him, man, I'm thinking, all right, crap, we're losing. Let me see if I can get a goal. Right, right. Yeah, you know? it, it is also worth noting, I think one of the reasons that kind of really makes me disappointed in uh, uh, Martinez's performance was the fact that he was a sub. So uh, he he came on, um, you know, to, to be that, like, difference maker. He was a halftime sub. Um, and, and I think that would probably sting more in the traditional format of just three substitutes. So I think the fact that you know, we get five was, was kind of a blessing. Um, but yeah, like the dude was brought on to make a positive impact on the game and make a positive difference. And I, he just decided to act childish. Like I love fight. I love seeing fight in the guys a hundred percent. Um, but that's just a dumb play. Like, you know, you're not going to get away with it. Yeah. And even if by some miracle you do, they get you off to the fact it's just, it's just silly. It's just stupid. Uh, there's a difference between fight and actual literal fight. You know what I mean? Like Everton has fight. Yeah, he doesn't see a lot of red cards, right? Then there's actual fight. Let's talk about him for just a second. <clears throat> I feel like Martinez is the kind of kid that does better when there's no pressure on him. It feels to me like he did really well in the beginning, and. Ever since everyone started talking about his potential and what he can do, and he is the the man up there, it's kind of been downhill since. Now, you know my opinion. I still don't think he's anywhere near in the same galaxy of talent of a Sam Johnson. So I still don't understand why Sam Johnson. Right. But it, it does feel like he's been on the downslope really quickly. And the only difference that I can think of is well, A, maybe teams are actually scouting him now, right? And B, there's actual expectations. There's actual pressure on him to to perform well. I, I just haven't been impressed with that guy over the past well, few games, really. I mean, yeah, it's... So, I mean, he hasn't, you know, been playing a whole, whole lot because of the whole concussion protocol thing that was yeah that was definitely him um i would i would go even further with that i haven't been impressed so minus the you know three zero goal fest that was lafc i haven't really been impressed with anybody with an f next to their name for rsl in in a while i feel like maybe Corey baird is the exception and even he played pretty poorly against uh against colorado in my opinion um our attack just is, I mean, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, like they're either on or they're totally off. Uh, and I think as much as we talked about, you know, the whole team playing really, really, really well against LAFC, I feel like the whole team played really, really, really poorly against Colorado. Um, like we we literally registered one shot on goal all game. That, that was it. One shot on target. Um, and... Yeah, it, it's it, it came courtesy of uh, of Chang. I, I think he's kind of been been a bit of a bright spot. But other than that, it was it was just an awful awful performance, man. And, yeah, and, um, yeah. I, like I get it. it. It's hard to generate attack when 
every time you go forward, you're like, we just couldn't get the ball past our, you know, out of our own, uh, you know, defensive third. Um, so, so it's hard to generate attacks and hard to generate a goal. Like Albert Ruschnack basically got to drop back to the CB line to get the ball. Um, yeah, man, it was, it was just like, I keep going back to it. It was just a really poor team performance. Like it, it's hard to pinpoint one thing that didn't work, but Colorado had it figured out. Well, you pinpointed something before we started talking on the air, which is the defense. And I mean, let's, let's be honest here. The defense wasn't all that crisp against LAFC. Well, let's get me even more honest. They had some, they had some incredible last-minute saves and tackles in the box in some cases and blocks, right? But if I remember correctly, I think LAFC still got off almost double-digit number of shots on goal. Just happened so to be that Putna had the game of his life in right. that game. Definitely. Right? And, and, you know, we the woodwork bailed us out, I think, once or twice. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that game could have ended very differently. Oh, very easily. I mean, we could have scored more and they could have scored more. But the, the defense, in, in many cases, they were still Swiss cheese style, right? They were cutting through us. They just couldn't finish it. And you sometimes forget that last-minute heroics on defense, they're, I mean, we'll take them. They're good. But it, usually something bad happened for someone to have to have a hero moment. Right, back right. If, if someone has goal. to step up that visibly, it means... It, mean, it means an attack was generated. We, we screwed up somewhere else in the, in the, I mean, in the defense. Yeah. So I know it was a 3-0 win against LAFC, but maybe this is just making up for lost goals from LAFC. I do. So here's my our two outside backs. I feel like they're they're stepping up in the area that you have criticized them in last year. Or last season. Well, both last year and last season. And that they are, they seem to be more involved on the offensive side. I, I can see this. Right? I, I think Herrera is very involved. Um, Toya, a little less, but still involved. I think he selects the crossing ability that he needs to gain to be a very potent left back. That, that runs forward. So it seems to me like they improved on that side. But uh, we're still, st I mean, it, it, is it organization? If you go through the players individually, I don't think they're individually bad players, right? Nedham is an incredible center back. Right. Definitely. I think Justin Glad is, is, I'm not sure if he's taking that next step we keep talking about. Right. Maybe, maybe he is reaching that ceiling of his, right? Maybe he is filling out his potential. Maybe that this is how high he can go. And it'll be okay. He's going to be a, a serviceable center back in the MLS for a long time to come. Probably a starting center back because right. he's got physical attributes as well, right? Definitely, definitely. He's a he's he's a big kid and he's filling out he's filling out nicely. Yeah. And he's pretty quick for a kid his size. So he's not doing terrible. And I feel like the the both of the outside backs, they're not doing terrible. No, I mean, I mean they'll, they'll have they'll have incredible mistakes once in a while. Each of them, right? Sure. I, I mean, I, I think say overall, overall, I think Herrera is going to end up on the U.S. men's national team in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, there's some pretty stiff competition now uh, from Europe, from the European leagues. But yeah, no, I can totally see that. He's quick. He's fast. He he's smart. He just he makes dumb mistakes sometimes, but he makes a lot less of them this year than than he did last year. 
And Lord knows a lot less than the year before that. Of course, he was playing out of position, so that's right. that doesn't help. So I feel like individually, I mean, let's not talk about goalie, right? We literally had one, two. We had two good games in goal from all of our goalies combined this season, right? I mean, from both. McMath had that good game against Colorado at the Corona tournament, right? And then Putin had that good game against LAFC last week. So that's it. But that's a different story. It feels to me like the defense individually is contributing, but collectively they're not doing well. Is it the organization, do you think? Is it the line in front of them? Right, Because the line in front of them is almost totally new to them. I mean, I, I, that could be part of it. I, f- for me, it seemed like it seemed like under pressure, they were just very disorganized. Uh, I, I think Toya, especially, like when he was pressed, would just kind of like launch the ball, and it would basically land at the feet of a Colorado player, and they'd spring the counter immediately, and you know, it would either result in a shot on goal or just a straight up goal. Um, and, you know, I'd single out Toya, but Herrera was, you know, just as bad. And, and yeah, like they, they would, you know, or they would just play this negative pass back to um, back to the goalie who would then just launch it. And it would and because it was a 50-50 ball, would inevitably be won back by Colorado because they were winning every 50-50 ball. Um, yeah. yeah, man, it, it's like defense really not not their best performance by any any stretch yeah well i mean the score line reflects it yeah you yeah, cannot obviously. disguise a 5-0 again this is what this is what i was saying earlier i'm almost happier that it's 5-0 than like a 1-0 or a 2-1 you can disguise a 1-0 or a 2-1 or even a 2-0 hell you could disguise a 3-0 got unlucky Five zero is a very, very, very clear statement. <laughs> like you don't need to you just see that and you can just immediately tell no one was playing well in that game. Definitely. Uh, do you th- could it be I mean, because look, what I'm trying to get to with the organization is coaching, right? Great coaches are known for their defenses. Right? Offensively, you can sometimes get lucky. You can still coach. I mean, you need to coach and set up tactics and all that. But offensively, if you have really good players or good players on your team, they can bail you out. Because offensively, a couple of moments of brilliance can seal the game, right? On defense, it's a different animal. On defense, you don't again, you don't want those moment, moments of heroism because they mean something else screwed up. Defense is the sign of a good coach. Do we have a coaching problem? I mean, so like... You know, four months ago, I would have taken the opportunity to jump at what's very clearly a baited question and say, absolutely, you know, Freddie out or whatever it may be. Um, I don't think so. I think what happened is RSL, for all of their faults at at the end of last year and at the start of this year, was a defensively sound team. Like, we weren't going to do anything flashy or super exciting in attack. It usually required a moment of individual brilliance on the attack, a la Krylock, Albert Rushnak, or Jefferson Savarino to, you know, create goals. But defensively, we also knew we weren't going to concede very easily, right? That, that was a universal truth. Death, taxes, and RSL not conceding goals cheaply. Um, and that's, that's more or less, you know, I think a team Freddie inherited and, par- inherited and partly shaped at the tail end of last year. Uh, 
a sound, defensive, very disciplined back line, and it worked. Um, you know, I think Everton Luis playing some of the best soccer I've ever seen definitely helped with that. Yeah. Um, so then we go into, you know, the first few games of this year, we go into the COVID Cup, and it becomes very clear that RSL's problem is attack generation because those, moment those moments of brilliance had dried up for every game that wasn't us versus Colorado, essentially. Like, if you remember the COVID Cup, it's really the only team we've beaten is Colorado and everyone else was either a tie or a loss. Um, yeah, we, we deteriorated quickly in that tournament. Right, and so I think Freddie's going, hey, I need to, you know, I need to generate more attack and we are defensively sound, so let's not focus on that. And so that's when you see changes like uh, Pablo Ruiz taking Everton Luis's spot. I 100% understand that Pablo Ruiz is a fantastic player, but he is, he is, he, I view him as like a second attacking midfielder almost. Like having him in defensive midfield is is kind of an insult to defensive midfielders. Like having him start over Everton Luis is obviously a very clear choice that is indicative of we're going to value attack over defense. I think that philosophy was just very much exposed against Colorado in this game. I think it finally was punished to an extent where we couldn't bail ourselves out. We, we couldn't get to, you know, tie at the very end of the game. Um, so I don't think that's a coaching problem. Like there are plenty of coaches that walk into a game with the philosophy of, Hey, we're going to get scored on once or twice, but we're going to score three or four times. And that only works if you can score three or four times. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I don't think it's an accident that our fullbacks are pushing up further than ever before. I don't think it's an accident that Pablo Ruiz is starting over Everton Luis. I don't think it's an accident that RSL isn't having clean sheets at the rate that they used to. I think they're deliberate choices. And, you know, ultimately at the end of the season, we'll see how, what the consequences of those choices are, if they're positive or negative. But I, I think that's what we saw on, on Saturday against Colorado. Pablo starting over Everton <clears throat> is a crime. Someone should get like second degree felony charges pressed against them for that choice. That choice makes no sense to me. None at all. Again, Pablo is a good player. Right. I think even on the offensive side, Everton is a better player. He's a much better skilled player than Pablo. On the defensive side, it's I mean, it's night and day. It's, you might as well not play him on the defensive side. I'm not sure what our nation's hard on for him is because it's like he can't do any wrong. And I think it's partly the attachment uh, some of us have you know, from him playing uh, in the lower ranks. It, Everton, is there any disagreement in your mind that Everton was the best player we had last year? If not immediately the best player we had last year, he was definitely like number two. Who would be number one? Who would be better? Adam? I mean, maybe. May, oh, I hadn't thought of Adam. I was going to say Demir. I, I think Demir had a okay, very good. Okay, all right. Demir, Demir is almost like a different level to me. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> right. Second best. Second best player. Yeah. Yeah. But he's our, up our there. Best, top three for sure. Our best player is Demir. Okay, I'll take that back. But um, even, I mean, again, other than Demir, this season so far, I would say best player while out there. 
Everton? least the games he started. Yes, um, games he started. I don't know, man. I, I think he's gotten a little sloppy, and I, you know, I think, you know, I, I think he's been figured out a little bit by the rest of the team, by the rest of the teams in the league. Um, in in attack, I totally understand why you would have Pablo Ruiz over Everton. I I really do, and and, and that's that's, that's we not... have conceded nine goals in the last three games. All right, and it easily could have been fifteen. <laughs> Let's face it. Right, and if that's not... why he's, that's why I qualify that within the attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Pablo Ruiz, and and I said this from from the get go. Like he he has good offensive performances. I think he's a decent like pass completer. I I think he'll make some good tackles when he needs to, but like he is not an insignificant amount of time in a wrong position for a defensive midfielder. Like defense isn't his first priority. That's very clear. Why he is starting for Freddie over Everton, Ruiz? I can. While I may disagree with the philosophy, I can understand the thought pattern that gets me there. Yeah, yeah, no, I can understand. It's not a matter of understanding it. I'm just thinking it's wrong, right? right? It is clearly and definitively wrong. It's like having, it's like being a day trader and like, oh, I made $10,000 today, right? Uh, but you also lost 50. So you're, a net 40 in the hole right it seems like he's focusing on, on having this attack when he needs to shore up the back first yeah but like also to freddy's like defense like we were screaming about how inept our attack was a few months ago you, you know like like it, it is this it's a balancing act like you have to have the the right amount of of both um yeah man it it's you know it was a weird just mental space for most of the 11 players on the field. And and I think ultimately it, it's I don't think Colorado is 5-0 better than RSL. Like I don't think RSL is suddenly like some atrocious team. But I think it, it was the type of performance that, you know, I think if we're going to be honest, was to be expected. It, it, it was kind of we were due for one of those, you know, like. Oh, I was not expecting that. Um, that was no, I was not expecting. No, I was, I was not maybe, expecting. Maybe I was not, not expecting a tie. Like uh, I was expecting, maybe a tie is a shocker against Colorado. Any loss would have been a shocker. Like a two-one loss would have been a shocker to me. A five-zero. Right, D- definitely shocking. Like, and, and the, don't don't get it wrong. Like the scoreline is absolutely not acceptable and absolutely kind of a, a shock to the system. But when I say expected, I mean. This goes back to the thing I've been I said, and what I opened the podcast with was the fact that, you know, I I still believe that the current roster and and you know the the choices we've made on the field and the choices we've made with some of our signings are indicative of a team that is that is a mid mid tier team, right? I keep going back to that, and it it was, I think, had RSL gotten all three points, all of a sudden you're a little bit above mid tier. You know, like you're 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 starting to get kind of hot, um, and I don't know. Hindsight being what it is, I feel like that might have been just too good to be true. No, I think I think you hit the nail on the head there. We we are the West Ham of the MLS. We will forever be in that, like you said, mid tier. Um, it, it would it would take an absolute shock to the system 
to make us a top-tier team again. An absolute shock to the system, to the league. And I know you and I have talked about this many times over the past, hell, man, two, three years. The league is too strong now for a fluke performance. I think Seattle from three years ago, was it three years ago, when they went from bottom to top in a matter of 10 games or something? Right. But I don't think that happens again. Yeah, I mean, that, I that also, the, let's be very clear, was on the back of nobody knew how to defend Ladero. Exactly. So they, they introduced him in the middle of the season, actually towards the later part of the season. And even then, so what happened there is a huge signing from South America, right, that, that helped them make that possible. Right. The league is too good now. There are too many obstacles for a fluke run, right? The Leicester City uh, performances or miracles are going to happen less and less in the MLS. There are so many good, rich teams. Look at what Miami is doing, provided it's mostly retirees. But we all know why they're getting them, right? They're getting them so they can attract the younger talent, right? Because now the eyes of the world are on them. You have the, both the LA teams, the Seattle teams, even Portland. Hell, Kansas City is making big moves, right? Colorado is making big moves. With, with the current philosophy, and I'm, I don't think we'll talk about any ownership possibilities today, but with the current philosophy and without major changes, without a major shock to the system soon, we will forever be a mid-tier team. You're absolutely correct. And honestly, even if you had beat Colorado, we would have probably been, what, third or fourth in the West right now. I will still not consider us a mid-tier team because, I mean, right. a top-tier team because it needs to be sustainable. Right? Sure, sure. I don't you see us do it regularly. And, and the last three games are indicative of how we cannot sustain performances over, what right. is it, seven business days? Yeah, Eight I mean, there's, like, there's also the fact that they are playing three games in seven business days. Right, but so is everyone else. Sure, yeah, yeah, it, it, it is true that, you know, it's not like there are other teams getting extra rest. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, so anyways, I know I'm, I'm, I'm glad you called it out. We are. And you know what? At the end of the day, mm -hmm. I'm fine. I, mean, I would much rather we we're a top-tier team. I'm fine with us being a, a mid-tier team. I mean, we're Salt Lake City. <laughs> right. we, we, we are a mid-tier city, <laughs> if you think about it that way. I am fine with it. I just can't be taking five zeros from Colorado on a regular basis. Right, for sure. And and I'm going to use that, like, ultimately, I think that's a good stopping point for everything that happened during the game. But another person that clearly can't take 5-0 beatings from Colorado is, is our boy Everton, who, um, after the match, after the final whistle, decided to come out onto the field and and put his hands on uh, on a player that he felt was disrespecting him. Uh, it was the, the Galvan dude. He kind of did like a step over during the game, like off in the, by the, by the corner flag. And a lot of RSL players actually thought he was kind of showboating. Um, you actually, this, this is something I caught on Twitter, which leads me to believe that the, you know, that RSL did not take too kindly to his movements. But, uh, after he does that little step over in the corner flag, the very next play um, Demir has the ball and Demir's running up the field and he blasts him with the ball. And looking back at it, like in, during the game, I didn't catch it at all. But looking back at it, there was really nobody that Demir could have been passing the ball to in that angle. Um, 
So I'm, I'm thinking maybe that was the mirror's way of saying, hey, cut that, cut that crap out. Uh, Everton's way of saying cut that crap out was to try to throw some punches after the match. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sounds there, about right. Yeah, there was a bit of a dust-up. Um, I would be flabbergasted. So we are recording this on, on Thursday. RSL plays Vancouver on Saturday. I would be shocked if there isn't an MLS soccer article that comes out tomorrow stating the long lines of Everton Lewis has been suspended one game for violent conduct. Yeah, speaking of dumb behavior, um, look, Colorado, well, let's say it this way, Colorado is not used to winning. They're especially not used to winning against RSL. There's that old saying of pretend like you've been there, right? Like you're winning 5-0, pretend like you've done that before. (laughs) They obviously haven't. So they were a little excited. They got a little carried away. I'll tell you what, I cannot wait for the next RSL Colorado matchup. Cannot wait. I'm going to go and just cheer outside the riot, even if no fans are allowed. All right. So... I think it's to be expected that they overreacted a little bit because they're just not used to winning. We have had their numbers so long, including just all of this year. I mean, the performance by RSL against Colorado at the Corona tournament, and we keep calling it different things. The MLS Backers tournament, I mean, that was that was a thing of beauty. That was they just destroyed them. The scoreline did not indicate what that score should have been. And then even down in Colorado just a few weeks ago. Oh, shit, was it just like three weeks ago or something? These games are coming at us fast. Absolutely masterful, beautiful performance, right? These guys have not beat us in a long, long time, right? So it is expected, at least I expect from them, that eventually they act as if they have never been there. They overreact. And it's on our guys to, I mean, I get it. I get the fire. I get the passion. I appreciate the fire and the passion. That's just excusable. I mean, we just talked about everyone that has done bad. How awesome. So as I was saying, act like you've been there before. They haven't been here before. So look. At the end of the day, they had their fun, right? They had their fun. And our boys, at least two of them, acted like idiots at the end of the day. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the passion. I appreciate the fire in the belly. Awesome. Utilize it on the field. Run faster. Fight harder. Shoot harder on target with power if possible. Yes. Yes. That's yes. how you should. That's that's how you. That's how beat I want them, to beat see them on the score. You. Yeah. Exactly. No, it, it's it, it. And a bunch of people have said that. Like, wh- where is that fight? And where is that? You know, because let's be honest, RSL didn't show it for ninety minutes. You you can't suddenly start caring and being super passionate after it's all said and done. Um, yeah. You know. So so yeah, I I do think, and this this kind of goes to our next next point about the game. So after that match, and to your point, Colorado clearly 
did not behave like it had been there before. Um, the celebration in the locker room was resembling that of a team that had just won MLS Cup. Like I think like they were full on celebrating. Um, every, and and you know as they should. Like it was a big win for them, and and you know go go with it. But let's also not ignore the fact that RSL has had equally big wins more frequently um, against those guys and, and didn't quite do it up to that extent. Their social media team's been having a field day with it, doing numerous posts. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, they've, they've actually uh, played a game against, um, against FC Dallas between that game and today. And they're still posting about the Rocky Mountain Cup. Yeah. Like there's been a whole game. And uh, so so there was a, a post on Instagram by MLS Soccer. And both, uh, this is kind of cool, Nick Romando commented and so did Miram. And uh, Nick Romando commented, I remember my first. And, you know, that's, that's funny because, you know, the dude's got more Rocky Mountain Cups than I think he, you know, cares for. And then Miram did comment like, even though we beat them twice earlier this year, referencing, you know, the, the MLS is back tournament where we beat them, but that didn't count towards the Rocky Mountain Cup. Um, so, yeah. so clearly our guys are still bothered by it, as they should be. And I think for the first time in literally years, I care about, I care about the Rocky Mountain Cup. And to, for that, I have to thank Colorado's social media team. Yeah, I mean the five zero helped with that as well, uh, but yes, you're right. They're they're acting like they just won the MLS Cup, the World Cup, and the Champions League combined. Again, let them have their fun. But you're right, man. I for a very long time, I would say years now, Colorado was a sure three points. Winning the RMC, he was. I mean, who cared anymore? It was obvious. Like, we might as well just kept it here the whole time, right? Yeah, actually, actually, actually give a crap now. It's that feeling in my belly when I properly hate someone. or Because we don't play them. We haven't played them enough over the last little while. But that fight, I got a fire in my belly. So, well, whatever that means. Thank you, Colorado. So uh, you cut out for most of that spiel, but I think I got the gist of it. And that's you know, Colorado is put that fire in your belly back, and uh, yeah, you're you know, you're absolutely right. It, it's um, it, it it was a very weird game. I hated the net result. I hated how much the crap it's gloated after the fact. But if there's one positive, one silver lining to be taken away from this, it is the fact that next year's Colorado game is going to be a very important, you know, an important fixture. I, I, I suddenly care again. Um, even though I know we've dominated that cup for the better part of a decade and, you know, Colorado has been basically the worst team in the league minus the minus you know 2016 um pretty consistently now it, it it's good that i care again and and you know it it makes it matter and it ultimately end, ends up you know increasing the entertainment value 
But alas, it was a three-point game. And one of the results... The way we'll talk about that just a little bit. Sorry about those uh, technical difficulties, Arsenal Nation, but we had just finished talking about the Rocky Mountain Cup mattering again for the first time in what feels like a decade. But uh, so one of the things that, you know, despite the silver lining of, you know, Rocky Mountain Cup matters and is something Arsenal Nation cares about again is the fact that ultimately it was a Western Conference game that does count for points. And as of Thursday with most of the Western Conference having played 10 or 11 games, RSL officially finds themselves below that playoff line. On a tie. Oh, is it on a tie? A tie points, yes. I mean, it seems like everyone's tied on points. It, it is The West is, again, ridiculous, right? So RSL, and you said everyone has 10 or 11. Literally, mm-hmm. everyone has either 10 or 11 points uh, games played. We're one of the 11s. The only teams with 10 games played is Seattle. They're in second. Dallas in fourth. Uh, Galaxy in sixth. And that's it. Everyone else has 11. But with 11 games played, we're at 14 points. Houston is also at 14 points. So we're in ninth with 14. Houston is eighth at 14. That's the playoff line right now. It's the top eight, as we all know. But... Three points above us is the third place Minnesota United at 17 points. Right. At the same time, three points below us is San Jose in the very last spot in the West. Right. Every single point is going to matter so much. By the way, Colorado is still below us, so... I hope they celebrate that a little bit. Right. Yeah. And and I think, um, you know, without getting too far ahead of ourselves, one of the teams that's below us as well is uh, this weekend's opponent, the Vancouver Whitecaps. Yes, sir. And They're 11th at 12 points. 12 points. Yeah. So a win would see them overtake us. Yeah. So a, a victory by Vancouver puts them at 15. We say at 14. They will overtake us. And with the fact that every West team is playing every other West team, potentially put them in the playoffs. Yeah. So I think finally in phase two, we're seeing some inter-conference uh, play, you know, thankfully, which I think will benefit the Western teams. I, I think this is another one of those years where the West uh, Western Conference is just – more stacked than the Eastern Conference, you know, with with the exception uh-huh. of you know Columbus and Philadelphia and Toronto. Um, yeah, so it'll be good to maybe face some Eastern competition, hopefully sometime in in Phase Two. But yeah, man, it, it's you know I think it's also worth noting that we are talking about a very reduced kind of hastened regular season. Um, so so points are. Every single point matters to your to your point to your point. <laughs> um, huh? To and, all three of my points, right? And now it it's been confirmed by MLS that you know our original theory of hey it's going to be a single elimination hosted by the top seed uh, playoffs has been confirmed. So you know, a RSL needs to start getting stringing some wins together just to get back above the playoff line. But B, and you know, just as important, 
you want to host like we know rsl does better at home and and we'll be one of the few stadiums where i mean you know nothing with certainty with covid but as it stands we'll be one of the few teams with stadiums that are that have some kind of attendance so it, it's a year where home field advantage matters more than more than ever yeah i mean especially i'm not sure if they have uh, published whether they will keep the same kind of a rule in place which is a team that that is traveling travels in the day of the game right and leaves the night after but in many ways in, in many ways that's actually more important than even the crowd right the, the fact that you have to fly into a place the morning of play a game of soccer and then fly back out i mean no one cares about the fly back out but yeah i think i think home field advantage plays at least as big of a role in this year's playoffs as it has in years past. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I mean, I think you can very easily make the case for more so than, you know, it, yeah. it's, it's definitely been a weird year. Let's leave it at that. I'm, I'm very interested to see how, how we view this year once it's over. I'm not talking about 2020, Overall, that's just that whole thing's gonna be weird. We'll be talking about it with um, people for many years to come, right? But this season, right? At, who gets crowned the champion of the MLS this year? I mean, is it looked down upon a year or two from now? Is it one of those asterisk things? I mean, not literally, but or is it maybe even held in higher? regard than most other years i think it's going to be very interesting to see and we cannot judge that right now because it can literally go any which one of those directions or you know maybe a couple of years from now no one's going to care everyone's just going to care about that star on your crest right yeah i mean and, i mean sorry to interrupt but i think it's going to be the type of thing where uh you know the the team that wins it is going to claim that it was a very challenging year to win it in their rival is going to claim, hey, this doesn't really count, and everyone else will just kind of forget. Like, you know. It, yeah, it, you're probably right. Yeah. It, it's, I think it depends on who you ask that question of, of the, that year. Yeah, you're probably right around that. Well, in the meantime, <clears throat> luckily we're not, well, maybe luckily or not, we're not two years from now. <clears throat> so we do have to focus on what's, what's, what's ahead of us. I, I just think, look, we had a huge, huge blunder against the Rapids. It is a kick in the teeth from every which perspective you can think about it. Nonetheless, it is still Colorado sitting below us in the standings. One of the important things of this year that I think will play a factor in the final outcome is, well, first of all, the changed playoff format and schedule. But also the fact that we're playing, or most teams are playing two, two games a week, most weeks, right? Three games usually in eight days, or at least they have for a while. It, it, it's, it, it's now more important than in any season past that I can think of to forget or overcome what just happened to them. I'm extremely interested to see what team shows up i don't mean literally what team shows up but i mean 
what the mentality is with which the team shows up this weekend against Vancouver. Because right. I think we saw we saw them react really well from the last butt whooping, right? Definitely, definitely. From, from Minnesota to LAFC. Let's see how this works out. We we need the the players need shorter memories than ever because every single point is vital at this point. And the games are coming at you so rapidly that you cannot sit there and feel sorry for yourself. For or, sure. Excuse me, it's Vancouver. You cannot feel sorry for yourself. You need to just move on really, right. really quickly. So I'm I'm very, very excited for this Vancouver game this weekend. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they have to. I mean, it's Vancouver. It's, it's like the definition of one of those teams that, you know, it just you never know what to expect from them. Um, but yeah, they have to come out and they have to show that the Colorado thing was a one-off and definitely not the start of something. They have to, you know, they have to get a clean sheet and they have to put a, like, it. it it's a, I, I hate to use one of your lines here, but it's a must win, like just from a mentality standpoint. Yeah. Um, so, so just as a, as a quick uh, recap of, of Vancouver, um, they started the uh, the the group MLS group stages off in that really weird group that kind of ended up being two separate groups because a bunch of teams couldn't play because they all got COVID. But so in their MLS group stage, they started off against what I still think is the most entertaining game of the year: Vancouver versus San Jose. Uh, Vancouver was leading for most of that game, and then in stoppage time ended up yep. losing to San Jose 4-3. Then they went on that, that to, really that really was the most entertaining game it of was that a, it entire was a, tournament. It was a great game. Um then uh, they faced the Sounders where they were defeated uh 3-0. Then they beat Chicago in their final group uh match 2-0 and because they were in kind of that weird bigger group if I remember correctly, they actually like the one win is all it took for them to advance um they had their round of 16 games against skc which i don't know if you watched this but you'll recall was super interesting because they were basically like just wiped out at goalie and so i think that was like their fourth string uh homegrown uh goalie ended up ended up playing the uh hassal great kid um but they ended up losing that in pks Oh, I do remember that. I was going to say, I don't remember that game, but no. No, yeah, the dude stood on his head for like 90 minutes. Um, That's right. Keeping SKC off the off the scoreboard, but then eventually SKC, you know, took took care of business in the most SKC way possible. Um, and then since... Yeah, uh, all the penalties. Yeah, since um, COVID Cup came to, an, came to an end, the Canadian teams are obviously in Canada... And because of COVID restrictions, haven't been able to travel to the U.S. in any, like, because, you know, there's, like, quarantines and, and, you know, all kinds of things you have to deal with. So the Canadian teams have just been playing each other. Um, And it's created this, like, really weird, like, scenario where it's kind of hard to gauge who's beating, like, you know, like, where they stand quality-wise. So their, their Canadian Cup as I like to call it, 
started with uh, them playing Toronto, who beat them 3-0. Then they played Toronto again, and Toronto beat them 1-0. Then they played Montreal and lost 2-0. Then they played Toronto again and beat Toronto 3-2 this time. And then uh, they played the first... No, their second game against Montreal again, where both teams ended up seeing a red card, and there was like a big scuffle and, you know, whole whole dust up. But Montreal ended up beating them 4-2. And then uh, their most recent game, which was yesterday, Vancouver beat Montreal 3-1, but Montreal did have a red card in that game. So I don't know how much that tells you about how good Vancouver is or isn't. I... It, if anything, it adds to their sounds, mystery. Sounds sounds like a sounds like a pickup tournament. You know, three teams show up, winner stays on. Right. <laughs> the, Literally. The third yeah, it, it's it's this really weird. You know, and, and that's the thing. Like, because so they were losing basically every time they played the opponent the first time they lost, but it looks like they're really good learners because they end up winning the second go at it essentially. Um, so, so maybe it's a good sign that it's our first game against Vancouver, um, and, and they have nothing to learn from, but yeah, they're just one of those like really weird, you know, clubs. I I think especially for us where it feels like it should be a win and it should be a relatively easy game. But then again, with them, you just never know. Vancouver is one of those few teams where I never have a good feeling. Like I don't have a passionate opinion about vancouver to the point where I, I i get involved and i'm like super pumped you know the way i get when we're playing i don't know seattle or skc or the galaxy or the timbers right um i just always have a bad feeling about them and i think it goes way back to it goes way back to the very early stages of vancouver whitecaps fc being a club they just had our number those first couple of years. We were a very good team, but man, we always had trouble with Vancouver. And maybe it just has left a bad feeling in my mouth ever since. Having said that, I mean, it sounds like they're, they're the RSL of Canada at this point. Right? You never know what you're getting. So we're just throwing a couple of wild teams into onto the soccer field this Saturday. And let's kind of see what happens, right? It is, I agree with you, and I know you love using my statements, so don't pretend like you don't. It is a must win. It, 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 remember, everything I say, ever say on this is prefaced or recapped with the fact that this is a weird 2020 thing. And I think I am on record saying that there's not much they can do that RSL can do this year where I would be like, Freddy out, all right? But that also was before DLH did the stupid thing that DLH did. So now if I'm Freddie, I'm suddenly more worried than I than, than I would have advised him to be initially or beginning of the of the sure. well, just pre COVID tournament. Um yeah, it's a must win. It's a team below us. It's a team that will take us over if they beat us. Um We're also playing yeah, it. It's home. a must win. It's it's a must win. Yeah. It's a must it, and three points or bust. This weekend, yeah, for sure. It's we we've had a week and I of can't, rest. I can't. Um, uh, Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, and they just played yesterday. And yeah, oh, they, and played they, yesterday. they just played yesterday. So right, but it's one of those weird times where like 
what do I think the score prediction is? But you just went on your spiel about what they've been doing. And then I'm looking at our last three games. I have no freaking idea what the score could be. I mean, right. it could be 0-0 zero, zero or 6-6. Six, six. Right. Or 5-0. Yeah. I have no idea. It's right. literally anywhere in those. For, for sure. For sure. Um, it, it's, it, it's, I think it's, you know, I, I think just based off of body language and based off of some of the comments of the guys as they did interviews during practice this week. And, you know, given the fact that we are coming off of, you know, a week of rest after a brutal game, I think the guys are just going to have so much pent up energy and aggression and, you know, that this, this need to prove that the Colorado game was a fluke. That they're probably, I'm hoping that they come out playing one of their best games of the year. I think, I think it's going to be the type of thing where they just, given the circumstances, given the headspace that I think they're in, and and short of as long as Freddie can channel that in like a positive way, and like you know, Kyle doesn't come out and like do a two footed tackle on like Freddie Montero or something and get a straight red in like the fifth minute. I think it's the type of thing where RSL comes away with a dominant performance and a dominant home win. I, I ju- I'm just feeling. I'm hoping I'm not putting a jinx on the whole thing. But well, my 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 only question to you was, you know, how do they do over under bets on everything? One red card over under. What do you think? I think just given Vancouver's just history, I, I think for sure there's a red card in this game. Um, it, it is also worth noting that I, I think you know, to kind of contradict my own statement here is that uh, they, they've they've only been playing Montreal and Toronto. And so I think you get into this, like, familiarity breeds contempt type of thing where it's like you're so pissed off that you keep losing to the same group. And, you know, you're seeing each other, like, every three days. Play, you know, like, it, it, it creates this environment where you, like, you're already talking Canadian rivals. Um, so, so I think that explains some of the red card activity, uh, and it was for, you know, the, the Canadian championship. So the winner of these games plays the, there's another soccer league in Canada. I forget the name. I'm not super familiar with, but they're having a tournament right now. And so those two teams, the winner of this Canadian tournament will play the winner of that league for their CCL spot. So I think that they've. They genuinely have something to play for. Yeah. But to answer your original question, I'm pretty sure there's going to be a red card. Yeah. I don't see how there is not. By the way, why didn't they just have a tournament? Like, just fly them all to the same, you know, well, hell, back to Florida if you want. They all play each other. It's probably cheaper than having to fly back and forth every three days if you think about it. Well, you are aware that the Canadian teams now as part of phase two have like a u.s home so like vancouver will be playing out of uh providence park in portland oh no i didn't know that yeah yeah so uh vancouver is playing out of providence park uh montreal i believe is playing out of the red bull stadium and i think toronto is actually playing in somewhere in connecticut i think um so yeah oh. they, they will they will now have uh essentially a second home field in the u.s that makes sense i think that's what they do for baseball as well so cool so you're predicting a victory this weekend i am hoping for a victory this weekend i think it's gonna be a tie 
I think it could be a high-scoring tie. Man, I I really hope but that's not high the case. Scoring, by high scoring, I mean like a 2-2 or something. Right. 3-3. Uh, three, three. Uh, I just – yeah. I, I hope you're right. I just – it's it's been a week, yes. <clears throat> we'll be without a couple of key guys. I mean maybe. Not sure if it, who you consider key guys, but we're expecting a suspension for Everton tomorrow. Martinez is not playing. Right? Um, yep, yep. I told – Totally believe the guys are gonna come out. They're gonna fight. They're gonna try real hard. I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> like at some point I'm almost like, let's just slow it down. Like I'll take consistency, even if it's not the best. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm predicting a tie, like a two-two or three-three, probably like a two-two uh, this weekend. But I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, I think. I think we got to build some momentum here. I think we got to get our head on straight and, uh, you know, let's not be cute about it. Let's not roll out a weird lineup because we have the LA Galaxy game coming up and Vancouver's are going to be tired. None of that. Just roll out roll out whatever your best 11 you think is, Freddie. And from opening whistle to final whistle, just dominate that game. Got to get the points as they come by, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, homie. We're, we're all wrapped up here. I think this will be it for this episode of uh, The Scarf Life. Did we even introduce? Like, yeah, we must have. Um, we, once again, we apologize for the weird audio um, issues in the middle and uh, RSL Nation. We'll, we'll catch we don't, you next we week. We don't hold on. A, we don't apologize for a damn Okay, thing. Every, I apologize. Anyone, anyone, anyone on this podcast that works from home knows these problems. <laughs> so, Fair. But we, Fair. Do, we do appreciate y'all sticking with us. Thank you so much. Arsenal Nation, have a good one. It's your boys.